1: All right, everybody, it's our second hour as we roll all the way till 3. The only live and local show in the great city of Des Moines during the lunch hour. Jim and Trent, you can always get in with us at 264-1700. Zach Reimer is our guest right now. Bleacher Report, Major League Baseball. It's always good when Zach takes some time to come on the show with us. Hello, Zach. Hey, how's it going? We're doing great, pal. Uh, When we started the show, Trent has all of a sudden... Kissed off his favorite team, the Minnesota Twins. Not all of a sudden. I've never been a real believer in the
2: Twins. So so don't make me out to be some kind of big-time negative guy that all of a sudden, after a sweep at the hands of the Indians, is jumping (laughs) off the bandwagon. I never believed in this team. But now it's officially over for the Twins. How about that? Your thoughts on that, Zach?
3: Yeah, you know, I appreciated and enjoyed the, the run they were on for the first couple months of the season. But it did kind of have that 2015 vibe to it, where it's like, how is this team good exactly? I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Um, so, it, you know, there were... Uh, we may have talked about it on the show before, for all I know, but there were tangible reasons for why they were good. Their defense was a lot better. Having Jason Castro behind the plate was a big help. Miguel Sano was clobbering everything in sight. Irvin Santana was having a great year. But as a whole, it just wasn't... You know, really there. And, you know, you look at them now, they're 34 and 33, but they have the third worst run differential in the American League ahead of only the Orioles and the A's. So it's not, you know, I think we all kind of, we want to latch on to these teams that are kind of the, like the be- better than the sum of their parts or they kind of prove that you can't play a game on a stat sheet. But, uh, more often than not, the numbers are going to tell the story. And they've pretty much told the story about the Twins all the whole time. It just took a while for, the narrative to become reality and here we are
2: yeah and you know it's it's not a some huge stain on the team or anything like that the future is bright a this team has the youngest lineup in the whole american league so that's something to hang your hat on right now not only that not only are they young they're third in scores run per game they're fourth in ops they're number one in walk rate they're third in k to walk ratio the future does look bright for the twins at least offensively now it's about figuring out the pitching side of things, not just rotation-wise, mm-hmm. but also down in the bullpen.
3: Yeah, you know, it's you're right. They, they have some, it's not like they're an old team that just like, can't find it. They, like, they are a very young team. They're putting it together. They just had the number one draft pick. Uh, they have guys like Snow and Buxton, who I still think is just enormously talented, just kind of give them maybe some more time. Uh, Jose Barrios looks like an extremely talented young player. Max Kepler is really overlooked, so You can go on, on around the the diamond and on the mound. Like there is some hope, uh, wherever you look. So, I mean, listen, in this game, nobody stays down forever. I mean, it's not like it was decades ago where it was like the Yankees and everybody else, uh, good luck. Uh, really you just have to kind of build up. They've been doing that for several years now to not great results. I would say they're probably a little behind schedule, but they're going to get back on top eventually. It's just a matter of time.
1: Having a conversation right now with Zach Reimer, Major League Baseball from Bleacher Report, on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Uh, Trent and I, when we were discussing a little Major League Baseball, we got into the Kansas City Royals. Are they going to be in a major dilemma, or are they already in that major dilemma? They're three and a half games back in the Central Division of the American League. They're two games under five hundred, trying to run down Cleveland, but three-and-a-half back. So are they buyers or are they sellers?
3: I would have to believe that they're going to be sellers. Uh, I, You know, you say their major dilemma is right now. I actually thought their major dilemma was this past winter where they were coming off the 81-81 and 81 season uh, and that slowly but surely the major parts of, the, of their uh, pennant-winning team in 2015 uh, and the World Series winning team in 2015, started kind of fading away. Uh And then you have that horrible tragedy with your Donovan Chura passing away where it's like, this team is not what it once was. But at the same time, the American League has not left the Royals behind yet. So they kind of put some pieces together, try- decided to go for one last hurrah, and that was their decision. Now they're at a point where... They're not a good team, even if they're only, they're still within reach of the AL Central title. They're just, they're not a good team. Um, and the window has pretty much shot on this team. They have some major players headed for free agency this winter. They're not in the same boat as a team like the San Francisco Giants where, yeah, they're really bad, but they still have a lot of core pieces that are under contract for a long time. So they don't, you're not really in a position to break up the band and try to rebuild a new team. The Royals kind of need to do that. I mean, They're not going to sign all these guys, so you have to cut your losses, get what you can for them. So I totally expect them to be kind of an uh, epicenter for trade activity during the uh, trade season.
2: Well, Vargas, a guy that's off to an incredible start, but uh, you wonder what kind of value he's going to have. And, And you look at a couple of the other pieces. You know, Hosmer's been much talked about, a possibility of moving him, and he's up, and he's been playing really well now for about a month and a half. But look at the contenders. Who's in the market for a first baseman? There aren't a whole lot out there. Same thing for center field with Lorenzo Cain. You also have to find that trade partner. And and the market for what Kansas City has to sell and what's out there, that might be the scary thing for the Royals fans is maybe you're not going to get the same kind of value in some years because your pieces just don't match up.
3: Well, if I was uh Dayton Moore, what I would do is call the Yankees, say, hey, you want a first baseman? Because we got this left-handed hitting first <laughs> baseman who's pretty good. Yeah. I would call the I would call the Red Sox and say, Hey, Pablo Sandoval is really terrible. Mm-hmm. I got this Mike Wustakis guy that yeah. might interest you. And then you go over to center field. Let me see who needs a center fielder. You you call the Okay, you got me there. That's a tough one. <laughs> but the other players the other players, there are homes for them. And, you know, naturally, Jason Vargas, I mean, he's basically kind of like the Rich Hill of this year's uh, trade class where he's having a really good year, kind of under the radar. Some injury risk there, but you, the talent is worth it. Kelvin Herrera out of the bullpen. I mean, uh, relievers always go for ridiculous prices during the summer trade season. So, uh, yeah, there are fits out there if they want to push the issue, and they should definitely want to push the issue. So there we go.
2: Hey, uh, with that, let's jump over to the senior circuit in the central The Brewers continue to hold the lead over the Cubs. Let's start with this Brewers team. You know, we talked about the Twins and maybe a bit of a mirage here. How much more of a believer are you becoming in this Milwaukee team, or is it the same kind of thing, waiting for the inevitable shoe to drop with the Brew Crew?
3: I don't mean to toot my own horn or anything, but I remember coming into the year, I was doing some preseason predictions, and I looked at the Brewers, and I was like, "Is is this team even that bad? Like they actually have some decent players, and they could be uh, better than expected. And, I mean, I didn't expect them to be leading the NL Central midway through the year, but here we are. And, I mean, listen, they hit a lot of home runs. Their pitching staff isn't great, but it's good enough. And if they get maybe a reliever or two, they'll be able to take a next step. So, uh, you know, I'm at that point now where I'm I'm kind of running out of patience with the Cubs, and they're kind of running out of time. Um and I think it's becoming more say, and more.
1: When you say running out of time, what, what do you mean? We're not even to the All Star break yet.
3: Yeah, but I think earlier in the year, first six weeks, even first two months, you could say, "Oh, just small sample size." They'll snap out of it. Okay. Well, we're we're two and a half months into the season now, and they're not snapping out of it. And you know, it's they're not suffering from a boatload of injuries. I mean, just guys aren't performing, but. There's The major caveat here is that we kind of know why they're underperforming, even if nobody wants to talk about it. That team played a lot of baseball last year, deep into October, really high-stress games. It's a World Series hangover. It certainly seems to be affecting their pitching staff, first and foremost. But, I mean, aside, of, aside from Rizzo and Bryant, nobody in that lineup is hitting. Nobody in that lineup is really fielding as well. Uh, this is something, you know, I live in the Bay Area. I've seen this up close with the Giants after their three World Series titles. And I've talked to some of their guys, like, you know, they don't want to make a big show out of it. But, yeah, when you have that short off season, you go right back into the season, you get to the you know, middle of the summer, end of the summer, you're just dog tired. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big believer that it's an actual thing, and the Cubs are feeling it from what I can tell. So uh, I'm no longer sitting here going, okay, don't worry, the Cubs will be fine. I'm not sold any longer that they're going to be fine. So that division, as far as yes. I'm concerned, is up for
4: grabs.
2: Well, and the safety net that they had two years ago, they weren't able to track down the Cardinals, so they got them in the playoffs. They still had the wild card in the back seat of uh, back pocket that they're able to go through. With the way the three teams are playing in the West right now, you don't have that safety net. It is gonna look. It looks like right now, you know, they're nine and a half games back of a wild card spot. They got to win the division, or it's gonna be no playoffs for the Cubs.
3: Yeah, a little old school, huh? Yeah, where it's like. Eight- the wild card race is like maybe two or three teams and then that's it. I mean, this is, NL West is something else. And it's not like anybody there is overachieving. I mean, everybody has huge run differentials. You can see the Rockies are hitting the crud out of the ball. They have that great bullpen. The Diamondbacks have that great lineup and then much improved starting pitching. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers are the Dodgers are the, are the Dodgers. They do what they do. <laughs>
4: um,
3: you know, it's, so yeah, you're right. If the Cubs are going to make a run here, they got to win the division. Um, so, if there's any bright side here, and there always is, is that the, you know, the Brewers are good, but they're not running away and hiding with the division. Right. Uh, so, you know, there is that.
1: I find it interesting that in the east, Washington right now is running away with that division. Uh, the central, you have, I mean, St. Louis is still hanging around at five and a half. And in the west, Colorado, Los Angeles, Arizona. When the season began, I think most people said, well, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're going to be there. But did you have mm-hmm. did you have Colorado and Arizona both penciled in as teams that would challenge for that spot?
3: Uh yes and no. I I saw the uh Rockies as a team. I think there was a lot of buzz of them being a potential dark horse contender and I kind of latched onto that. I was like, yeah, I can totally see it cuz they got some good depth there. Uh, I kind of jumped off the bandwagon when they had all those injuries in spring training. Okay, turns out it didn't matter. So okay, fine, good for them. They're they're a, gr- a fun team to watch. Uh, the Diamondbacks is a team I was totally wrong on them. I got to be honest about that. Uh, they were awful last year, just awful. And my thinking was like, well, the reason they were awful is because they had no pitching. I looked at them. I'm like, well, Zach Greinke maybe too old to bounce back. I don't know about the other guys they have. So. They're probably done. This is going to be a year where they assess what they have, and we're probably going to watch them go into a rebuilding mode. Uh, instead of what happened is that basically every starting pitcher they have has had a bounce-back year. And their bullpen hasn't been strong, but they got Archie Bradley there quietly filling like an Andrew Miller-type role, going multiple innings and dominant multiple innings. Um, and the lineup, you know, in 2015 it was one of the best lineups in baseball. Took a step back last year, but the guys are all still there. So here they are. They're a good team. Uh, I was totally wrong about them, and i got to admit that.
2: You know, Zach, uh, we talked about the Cubs a little bit earlier. Jake Arrieta, one of those guys that he kind of put with all the issues that they have, velocity down, a free agent to be, all these different things, a Boris client. If he continues down this road, a middling ERA around 4.5 on a decent team, but, I don't know, goes 12-11 and on the year, something like that, what kind of money is he going to command if the velocity doesn't come back? People think because he's a Boris client, he's still going to get some kind of monster deal. What would you anticipate that would be? And and it doesn't sound like it'll be with the Cubs wherever he signs after the season.
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. If you go back to, you know, after 2015, certainly his value was sky high. And after last year was still pretty high. I mean, he had a good year. Not a great year, but a good year. Uh, but now, I mean, he's, he's going to be coming off his age 31 season. His velocity is down. They're... His stuff and his command haven't been as good, so there are serious questions there where there weren't serious questions before. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe if he has a really hot finish to the year, but other than that, I don't think he's going to be a $100 million guy like we all kind of maybe took for granted a couple of years ago. Uh At this point, maybe his best hope is to be more of like a Jeff Samarja, mm-hmm. okay. where Nobody, nobody's really that enthused with him. But like, okay, well, he gives you innings. He, he's a solid pitcher who may be better than his results. Well, so, you know, you're talking five ninety. Maybe you stretch it up to a hundred million. But I'm no longer uh, taking it to the bank, so to speak, that he's going to be that huge money guy. I think he's going to be a good money guy, but uh, his stock has certainly fallen.
2: And Hendricks, Cal Hendricks, another starter there. He's got this weird hand injury. Zach, have you been able to decipher a whole lot here? Trying to read through the tea leaves now, sounds like after the All-Star break is when they're going to expect him back. Before these injuries and the decreased velocity uh, that's happening with Arrieta, all these things, we heard that they wanted another starting pitcher. Is this pushing this up to the forefront even more? The Cubs really have to look at a move to bring in Maybe not a top shelf guy, a Chris Archer type, but at least a number four, number five type of arm to just just help them get through this gap.
3: Yeah, you know, with Kyle Hendricks, I'm I'm inclined to say who knows. I mean, I'm not an expert when it comes to injuries, but tendonitis is one of those things where it's hard to get rid of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm a runner. I've had tendonitis in my knees and ankles mm-hmm. and Achilles, and it, it goes away when it goes away. There's really not much you can do to kind of force the issue, right? Uh, that's my non-professional medical opinion anyway. So, you know, I it sounds like the Cubs aren't really trying to rush him back. They shouldn't be trying to rush him back. That's an injury you want to take time with. Uh, but even regardless, they came into the year with very shallow starting pitching depth. Uh, and it has only gotten shallower. So, yes, they absolutely should consider a deal. Uh, but at this point, given the way their season is going, they do need to be mindful of how much they want to pay to potentially salvage a season that might not be salvageable. So, if they're going to be a, if they're going to pay a big price for a, a high-end starter, it's certainly not going to be a rental. You have to figure out if they could control beyond this year. Uh, and if they pay for a rental, maybe they go for the Jason Vargas where it's kind of a value buy. Other than that, yeah, probably like a number four, number five type, just to get some depth in there.
1: If they decided to go big, would it be Schwarber, Baez, somebody of that ilk who would be
3: the trade bait? Uh, you know, given where they are in the standings, Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think it would be, you know, they're not lacking in terms of. prospect depth still you know they obviously have a lot of good young guys in their major league roster but uh maybe an Ian Happ who is a good guy to have but not necessarily essential since they have uh you know a couple of second basemen already and uh some pretty good outfield depth uh maybe Heimer Candelario who is a third baseman and a first baseman so he plays where Brian and Rizzo play that's not going to really work um so they have some options there if they do want to make a big splash
2: we're talking right now with Zach Reimer as we take a look around baseball. Zach, uh, not sure if you saw the piece over on ESPN today. Uh, it was from Tim Kirchin uh, talking a little bit about the future of baseball and, and where baseball is going. Is there a tweak or two that you would like to see for the game that, that you think would really help maybe bring some viewers back, get some young, younger people back involved? Is there anything when you look at the future of baseball you really want to hit? see hit?
3: Uh I haven't seen Tim Kirchner's speech, so I'll have to go check it out. Um but you know, and I, I wrote about this last week and I can't believe I'm admitting to it and I, I can't believe I actually want it, but a pitch clock. Yes, I,
4: okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the idea I mean it gives me brain cramps thinking about <laughs> like a clock in baseball. But I uh, you know Games are taking a really long time and a re the big reason they're taking a really long time is just the amount of inaction in the game. There's a lot of standing around, whether the pitcher is, you know, stepping off the rubber, wiping his brow, or the batter taking one step out of the box, readjusting his gloves, his helmet, taking a you know, practice swing, knocking of dirt off his spikes. It's like you know, that's something that you go back as recently as five, ten years ago, it wasn't that bad. Uh, there's certainly method to the madness. You know, pitchers are trying to collect their thoughts. Batters are trying to collect their thoughts. Maybe pitchers get extra velocity from taking their time, so on and so forth. But, um, it's, you know, I don't think it's as big a problem if you're sitting in the ballpark, you've got a beer, you've got a dog, and you, you can kind of feel the energy of the crowd no matter what. You're not really going to mind it that much, but, um, when you watch it on TV, I think you notice cuz the camera is on the batter and the pitcher the whole time and you see, man, nobody is in a hurry here. I'm going to check my phone real quick. Oh crap, I missed the pitch. What happened? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
3: yeah. It it's it's not the best viewing experience and you know, given that, you know, TV is how most of us consume our sports, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, my hope cuz they they installed the, uh, the the game clock in the minor leagues a couple of years ago. Was that the speeding up of the game would happen organically? That they would just introduce young players who had been through the uh, minor leagues, had dealt with the pitch clock, and therefore they're just uh, wired to work more quickly. But that hasn't happened. Games are getting longer. They're they're the longer than they've ever been right now. So this is my whole spiel on this. I I am, I have great reservations about recommending a pitch clock, but I think it's something that's necessary at this point.
1: Um when you talk about trying to figure out things to make the game more exciting in Atlanta is the freeze, the biggest draw at the stadium.
3: Ooh, now that Freddie Freeman is hurt. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like that. He's, All right. a, he's from, yeah, he ran track
1: at Iowa Wesleyan college here. So it's pretty inter- It's an interesting story, at least to us.
3: Yeah, but somebody beat him now, so it's like, all right, well, well they gave if the, they're gonna jump they gave the,
1: the guy a head start that was like so far nobody was gonna catch him. You you could you could have been saying both and you wouldn't have caught the guy. He had such a huge uh, advantage.
3: Yeah, but now if they go forward they're gonna say, Okay, let's let's give the, the, the opponent less of an advantage. It's like, oh well, it's, it's not as special anymore because it was fun to watch him track down these losers who think they could outrun the <laughs> sprinter. So it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, I don't know. I I, I, I want to say I could take him because I, I am a runner, but I'm not a sprinter, so maybe okay. not. I shouldn't say that.
2: A <laughs> couple laps around the, uh, the stadium, you'd be in good yeah, shape. Yeah, it might get him then. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Zach, we're out of time for today. Always appreciate talking baseball with
1: you. Good conversation. You have a good one. We'll be talking again down the line. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having see, me. See you, Zach. There you go. Uh, on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. And he's right. Uh, the freeze did get beat the other day, but the guy was motoring. I mean, the, the guy that he was racing yeah. was he was he was a good runner. He didn't burn out. Isn't it? They started what the. Uh, Left-hand corner of the outfield, and they race to the right-hand corner.
2: Yeah, yeah, they start down in the corner, down at the uh, left field, yeah. get a head start. You know, the Freeze had lost before, though, right? Yes, he had. And, in fact, the first time he ever raced, yeah, he lost.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. not it's, some big upset. No, no. I, no, I just think it's uh, i am surprised that other teams maybe haven't tried something with a different nickname for a guy. So Well, not everybody has a Olympic-level athlete <laughs> working in
2: their grounds crew that that's you can true. pull this off with. That's true. It'll be Bill down in accounting.
1: <laughs> All right, Bill. What we're going to have you do is we're going to have you put on this speed suit. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't feel real
2: Bill's, comfortable with
1: Bill's, that. Bill's 5'10", weighs 270. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bill hasn't run a mile in 18 years. Bill, put on this suit. It's not gonna leave a whole lot to the imagination.
1: Maybe bring a tube sock with you. Maybe they should just have a, another ballpark should just have a guy that loses every race.
2: Well, let's see, if you're playing off the freeze, yeah. you can have like the heat. Hey. Just some fat guy that comes out there. And he he's the one that gets the head start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The heat
1: gets the head start. And then and you the fan yes. have to track him down. Absolutely. I like that. That's good. It's called it the I cups We got an idea. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Trust,
2: quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs,
4: Thousands.
5: If your basement leaks or floods, or if you have mold, mildew, or a musty smell, call Midwest Basement Systems today to request a free basement waterproofing estimate. As Iowa's premier basement waterproofing and foundation repair contractor, Midwest Basement Systems will send one of their certified basement waterproofing specialists to visit your home and conduct a thorough inspection of your basement's foundation.
0: Not available in all states. Hey, Tracy. Heard you started your own business.
6: Hey, James. Yep. Started my own Reese and Irvy's frozen yogurt vending franchise. It's the latest revolution in healthy frozen yogurt. My robots... Wait, your robots? Yep, robots. Each one of my Froyo robots delivers seven flavors of delicious and healthy frozen yogurt to customers within 60 seconds. I have robots at high-traffic locations like malls and theaters. It was the easiest business decision I've ever made. And this is a franchise? Absolutely. Reese and provided all the tools necessary to start. Access to premium product, local technical support, franchise coaching, they secured me these amazing locations. Now my robots do all the work for me, allowing me more time for myself. And the
5: robots do the work.
6: Yep, they work so I don't have to. Each robot only takes two to three hours of maintenance a week and part-time packages are available, which opens this opportunity up to everyone.
4: How can I get my own
6: robots? It's easy. Simply go to froyofranchising.com, enter promo code 2525, and submit your information. That's froyofranchising.com, promo code 2525. (laughs)
5: See you
0: soon. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 K BGG, Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Welcome back in, everybody. We roll all the way till three today. Uh, Rob Doster, NBC Sports College basketball guru. He's going to join us at about 220. Uh, we'll get into the top college players and do a little NBA draft uh, commentary as well. Uh, look, I know you had in-laws in town and everything, but did you see any of the U.S. Open golf championship? Very little. Okay. Very little. Just not overly intriguing to me. Right. Big names, not in the... Yeah. I I mean, Spieth made the cut, but he was terrible. Right, right. So he wasn't even in Zach it. made the cut, but yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: it just... I didn't like the looks of it again. I don't know. Maybe the I'm op- getting old.
1: The optics of yeah, the course that I, didn't...
2: Much like Chambers Bay.
1: Yes. I
2: I don't like a par 72. I don't. I don't like guys shooting double digits under par to U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. I don't. This tournament just felt like another tournament. It didn't feel like,
1: like a US the U.S. O-
2: Open. I want it at an old course. I want it at Oakmont. Mm-hmm. Those are the places that I want to see it. I want to see it at... Even Pebble Beach, and they make that more difficult than you see during the normal course. Correct, yes. I want to see the historic great courses. Aaron Hills
1: didn't do it for me. Well, they got all the rain, uh, made the course much easier to play. I mean, for those top guys, I mean, they were throwing darts at the the pins on the greens, and the ball was holding. That wasn't supposed to be the case. It was supposed to be dry, and they were supposed to have to play short and roll it up. And instead, with all the rain that they had and the wind that accompanied it, that bothered some, but not that many. Uh, it it just didn't make that course that difficult. I, uh, I followed Zach Johnson, especially after what he did on Saturday. Yeah, made a good run. Made a good run. Mm-hmm. And then shot 74 on the final round mm-hmm. and played himself out of it. Finished in 27th place. But, well even after Saturday. Yeah, he yeah. It, no, he wasn't in it to win it, no. But at least I was hoping he would have had a good showing and it really didn't happen for him. But Kapka's a nice guy and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, you you tell me. Am I going to lose interest in golf? Because there is not a charismatic golfer playing today that you absolutely have to see.
2: Well, it depends on what you're in golf for. I mean, if you're in it just for the sport of it, then you're all well and good. you're just going to go out there. but apparently like me, I love the u s open mm-hmm. but i need I need more than just it being the u s open. I need it to be compelling. I want to see guys struggling. Once a year, I'm fine with them doctoring this course up wherever they're playing at and make it as difficult as possible for these guys. You don't want to see that every week. No. But I want to see it at the U.S. Open. Yeah. I want to see guys struggling to get to par. And these guys are so good, and they can play at such a high level, you at times have to make it probably a little bit unfair to get to that point. I agree. You see guys that hit a great shot. Yeah. But at the U.S. Open... It's not even, you landed on the right spot. It just happens that it hits hard off the green, and it scoots back, and it goes all the way past and over right, the green. Right, right. You hit a great shot, but there's also a luck factor, too. I'm fine with that happening okay. at the U.S. Open. Okay. But for you, and your interest going forward, yes. that's me. You're probably a bigger golf fan than I am. Most likely, yeah. You probably watch it on the weekends a little bit more. I, Unless there's something very compelling, I won't even flip it out. Okay. I don't even flip it okay. out. Okay. So, so that's a difference there. hmm But if it's guys like this, milquetoast, you know, Kavka, good kid. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I told somebody on Thursday, we were just talking about golf a little bit, and I said, I saw he was ranked 22nd in the world. I yeah. just did, saw him teeing off or something that morning. And I'm like, that's the life. I mean, he makes millions of dollars a year. He does. Nobody knows who he is. Right, though, Outside right. of the golf community. Yes. You can walk down the street, no problem. No problem. You make sorry. millions of dollars. Yeah. You get to play golf for a living. Yes. Well, now his life has changed because now he's a U.S. Open winner. That changes people's lives and their
1: career trajectory. Mm-hmm. What was I saying, though? Back to what you. you, you my, my feeling on it. I, I felt, look, Dustin Johnson's not a great personality on the course. Uh, Rory McIlroy can be a little bit. Sure. Jason Day can be a little bit. Spieth can be a little bit. Ricky Fowler can be a little bit. Feels like you but, need to have, like, There's no
2: four of those six guys up there, though.
1: Yes, to make it compelling. To get to what we're ultimately talking about, yeah. what it was when Tiger was that's that. correct. That, that's correct. It's missing a showman. But because it wasn't not just only, a showman. But, but Tiger but was, was so much more he, than that. He, I know that, but he made it a show. And it was because of the way he responded when he hit shots. He'd be but, he'd get upset. See, I he'd think go, it's more than go, that, though. he'd Jim. go nuts when he would sink a big putt, and the crowd would react yeah, to that.
2: we you don't have that now. That, there are guys that do that. There absolutely are guys that are do that. It's oh, it's God. more than just that with Tiger. Uh, for every big moment that you can think of yeah. in the fist pump, there are uh, dozens more where it was very mundane. Yeah, you know, keep your head in check, keep your emotions in check, don't look at the crowd. Steely-eyed, eyes forward. For every time that you think of, there's that side of it, too. For Tiger, it was completely different than just a guy that shows emotion on the course. We've seen that happen a multitude of times. And there's tons of guys that do that. For Tiger, it was the cultural aspect of it. Mm. It was his background. It was this young guy coming on and setting the golf world on fire. fire. It was a guy that had been talked about since he was two years old. Right. Hitting golf balls on, what was the, the Mike, Mike, Sult- Mike Douglas Mike show? Mike Douglas show. Yeah. Uh, a guy that, through the amateur ranks we heard about, he had the name. He had Tiger. A yes. guy, a kid's yeah, name, you're right. named
1: Tiger. Yep. And this kid, that looks different than the golfers yeah, we're nobody, used to. Nobody, yes, he does look different. There's, there's Nobody calls him Elrod, is right. his name. Eldrick. Yeah, El, El, Eldrick, yeah. Not, nobody, not Elrod. No, not I was uh, <laughs> thinking of Elroy from the Jetsons. I'm going to call you Elrod. El, <laughs> Eldrick. Nobody calls him that. He's just Tiger. He's Tiger. Yeah. Nobody even calls him Tiger Woods. So He's it, Tiger.
2: And that's what I'm getting. It was more than just yeah. this guy showing emotion on the course. Golf there needs so something like that. Though. It's it's not going to happen. Gosh, it just isn't. Man. It isn't going to happen. You're not going to get somebody like that. You remember what happened in basketball after after Michael Jordan retired? They're always looking for the next for the Michael, next star. Yes. For the next Michael. Not not the next star. The next Michael. Yes. And now we're going to go down the same path with golf. They're looking for the next Tiger. There will never be another Michael Jordan. There will be great players that yep. come along. And I we agree. see that yep. with Kobe to LeBron yep. to Kevin Durant. There yep. will be great players, but there's nobody that will have that same kind of personality, that same both sides of the aisle. You know, those guys can ruffle people the wrong way. LeBron mm-hmm. and Durant both yes. are two guys that did that. Kobe did that yes. for a multitude of yeah. different reasons. There'll never be anybody quite like Jordan, and there's never going to be anybody in golf like Tiger Woods. So mm-hmm. let's stop right now and asking, the question, who's the next Tiger Woods? I who's going to take that mantle? Because it's never happening. I, it just isn't. I agree
1: with you. I agree with you from that aspect. I'm just looking for somebody to pique my interest.
2: You're going to have to be piqued in a different way than Tiger did. It, I though. guess. That's what I'm getting at. I guess. You're not going to have that guy. You're not going to have that same kind of excitement. There were too many layers to Tiger Woods yeah. to be able to get that back. It can never be recreated. So find a guy that you want to follow. Find a guy you love to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Ricky. He'll he'll, fist bump. Oh, no, no, he he'll will. have fun. Yeah, he will. He'll screw around out there yeah. a time or two. You know, it, not at the U.S. Open, but you watch other tournaments and he's having fun out yeah, there. Yeah, he is. You know, I remember when we were watching the uh, the Phoenix Open with the big uh, oh. the tournament hole, and he's out there. Yeah, and, sixteen. Yeah, and he's he's you know yucking it up with oh, everybody yeah. and having fun he he's that kind of personality yeah.
1: those personalities are out there i just wish there i just wish there was something that would make people you you're right it will not be appointment television like it had been no. with woods no. it, it there, it's it'll it won't happen again
2: your best hope is yeah. that you have a group of guys that yes. together yes can lead to that kind of impact where you come in and it's not about everyone chasing tiger like it was before But is it Ricky this weekend? You know, who who is it out of that young group? Right. Is it
1: McElroy? Is it Jason Day? Yes. And and
2: we've seen them at times and and they've all we've seen a couple of battles with those guys. Yeah. But boy, if you could get it over a a two, three year stretch where you got these top five, six, seven Mm -hmm. guys in every single week. One of these guys is winning the tournament and they're all up there. And when it comes major time, you know that these five, six, seven guys, five of them are going to be in the top ten and they're gonna be fighting. If they could get that, I think it would create the kind of excitement you're looking for. Right. The likelihood, though, the depth of golf.
1: That's another thing that, that people miss. That That is true. Look, you most people hadn't even heard of Bruce Kapka. Well, w- his w- name's Brooks. Br- yes, that's what I said. Bruce, Bruce Kapka. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's Kapka. Yeah, Kapka. So nobody's even. <laughs> so you're all for 2 on I'm, I'm 0 for 2, on, and I've, I'm okay with that. Nobody even heard of the guy. Look, we knew who he was because we had seen him on the tour. Sure. But still, nobody even knew who the guy was. And here he is tearing up that course. Tearing it up. I mean, he hit. I. I. It might have been Saturday on the finishing hole. It was 680 yards. Trent, he's eagled the 18. The 18th. The 680 yards. And he hit a monster drive, and then hit a three-wood like eight feet from the stick mm-hmm. and eagled that hole. Uh, that, that's, that's unfathomable. So that's that's the kind of thing that should have really been played up, that should have been the major commentary highlights of that tournament, and it's, and it's not. To get really people excited how this guy went deep off the tee and then deep off the ground, and eagles a hole that is 680 yards. That just doesn't happen. That's
2: uh, one that you and me'd have to play as a par six. Oh God, oh, uh, par eight for me. Par eight. <laughs> par eight. Did you uh, did you see Rory getting into it with Steve Elkington over the what weekend? What was what was up with that anyway? Well, a little chirping happening back and forth on yeah. Twitter. A little back and forth. Uh, Elkington was taking a couple of shots. Rory saw them, so he went back at him. So a little back and forth, and he uh, Elkington said that Rory was bored, and yeah, a couple of things. He's like always
1: that. made a hundred million, and he was bored. He
2: was bored, bored about playing golf, and uh, he fired back at him and said, uh, <laughs> "And said, uh, well, Elkington said Jack Nichols won eighteen and never mentioned his total cash. Uh huh. That's why Jack designed hundreds of golf courses, <laughs> and then he." <laughs> Uh, blast him with a grammar blast, making fun of Elkington, not being able
1: to uh, to
2: type the best.
1: Hey, look, that happens to me constantly. Yeah. You've called me out on those. Well, you you struggle. I you do. struggle. Yes.
2: So that's where we are in golf. Next up Tweet, on the
1: docket. Tweeting
2: at each other. Ah, yeah.
1: British Open.
2: Yes. Where's the Open Championship this year? Do you have any idea?
1: Uh, somewhere across the pond.
2: Nailed it. Nailed
1: it. Yeah. I'm this not year. I'm not I'm not missing on this one. I know it's I know it's across the Atlantic. Royal Birkdale. Okay. Royal Birkdale. This one get you excited? Uh the British is fun because they play on a goat trail. So I kind of it's it's different and the ball rolls forever and you see guys 50 yards off the green and they're putting mm-hmm. because the fairway is just the same as the green. Um yeah, I think it uh, Here's the here's the good thing about it, is that it doesn't it start like about eight or nine o'clock in the morning our time. Earlier than
2: that, is it? Oh, oh yeah.
1: Oh well, that's when I'm getting up. So. Right, right. Oh, you mean it's on before? <laughs> Who's watching at four in the morning? Anybody?
2: If you want to watch golf? You get up right, oh. get your coffee, well, that ain't get happening. your day started.
1: Yeah, at eight o'clock that'll happen. Uh, okay. All right.
2: So uh, in the past, the last time it was played here at Royal Birkdale. yes. Patty Harrington won the oh, G.I. Harrington, yeah. Uh, O'Mara won it in 98. Ian Baker Finch in 91. Tom Watson in 83. And I'm back. Uh, <laughs> I really like this. Now, this yes. is in, a, in pounds, of course. Okay. So, Arnold Palmer won it in 61. 1,400 pounds is what he won. <laughs> Johnny Miller won it in 1976. Yes. Jimmy B had a mustache and was creeping people out. <laughs> I was. Uh Johnny Miller walked away with 7,500 pounds. Wow. Tom Watson in 83. Creepy mustache still there for Brinson. <laughs> 40,000. 90,000 for Baker Finch in ninety one. Patty Harrington, seven hundred and fifty thousand hmm. pounds. Okay. Do you know how to uh you know how to... how to how to equate the two? Yes, yeah.
1: Have absolutely zero clue. Okay. No idea. Don't care. No idea at all. I don't care.
2: Well, now it's in euros, right? So pounds don't even matter.
1: But that's where it'll be played. It's a good thing they didn't measure him in horse hands like they do. Yeah. When they measure a horse, they measure him in hands. Did you know that? Huh? Yes. Horse hands? Yes. Yeah. When you measure a horse, you measure it in hands. He's like 12 hands high. Okay. Don't ask me why I even know that. I mean, I during my tenure as a Boy Scout, I did work at a Boy Scout ranch a couple of summers. I can't remember if I discovered that was the way they measured a horse. But, yeah, that's the way they, yeah. So I, I have, and I couldn't figure out horse hands or how to equate it to inches and feet. I have no idea. That's what they yes, they measure a horse in hands. He's 12 hands high. He's 30 hands high. So to answer the question,
2: no, you do not know how to no. go from money no, to No, I do not.
1: No, I don't. We'll
2: take a break. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll let Jimmy B figure out what he's talking about. Back with more here on the other side. Rob Doster is going to join us coming up at 2:20. We're going to talk with him about the NBA draft. We talked earlier in the show about the Prime Time League with Tom Kaker. Also, the Capital City League had their second game. It was the first for the PTL last night, number two for the Cap City League. We'll take a look at that coming up next here. What's happening with the Iowa State and the Drake players as we roll through? It's a Monday, Jimmy B and TC from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. Attention landowners. Want to know what your farm is worth? At Iowa Land Company, our team of blue-collar land experts combine years of real estate experience with the latest marketing innovations to give you a modern real estate service unmatched in the Hawkeye State. We're a farmland real estate company, and helping connect buyers and sellers of Iowa land is our specialty. Give us a call at 641-443-2584 or visit us online at iowalandcompany.com for a free farmland evaluation. And now for something deliciously different from Wendy's. Wendy's Double Stack is still an option in the 4-for-4 four four. with a quarter pound of fresh beef, four nuggets, fries, and a drink. That's a deal so good it should not exist. Like how owls shouldn't be able to turn their heads all the way around.
4: Who? Wouldn't like that deal.
0: The four for four with your choice of a double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. A deal so great, it's impossibly good, but not for long. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal
4: includes full-piece chicken nuggets, small fries, and a drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
0: Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and get a decision right. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com slash owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K.
4: Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions.
0: You can't get any fresher than your own vegetable garden. Right now at the Home Depot, one gallon Bonnie veggies and herbs are not only as fresh as you can get, but you can get three of them for only 12 bucks. That's not only thinking green, that's saving green. So, pass the salad and stop and smell the rosemary. It's easy when you fill
1: your cart with one gallon Bonnie Veggies and herbs, free for just 12 bucks now at the Home Depot.
0: More saving, more doing. Bow the July 4th Continental US only See Store for details. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 KBGG with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo. The trick golf shot that I do have
1: is when I hit it in the woods if I find it. If I find it in the woods, I'm good. I've seen you golf. A trick shot for you is hitting the green regulation.
0: There you go. Then join former pro Bowl running back Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney for the Tiki and Tierney show. And head into the evening with former Register sports writer Bill Ryder with Rider Than You on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. to $480 for TV, $180 for Internet. Equipment non-return under and conditions apply. Call for details. offerings ends 121-17. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. So as I
1: was saying before, the height of a horse measured in hands. Are you still on that? Well, I made sure that I went back and researched that they still do it like that. So it's I I just wanted to make sure that I didn't speak from whence I would be wrong and I wasn't. Still horse hands. For the first time for everything, you got it done there, Jim. You're probably right, yeah. So Florida State out to
2: one uh, nothing lead over Cal State Fullerton. The College mm-hmm. World Series get you going at all, I all watched, over the weekend. Uh,
1: I watched a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, uh, here's the great part, is you would think there's like an LSU football game being played in Omaha. Mm-hmm. It's are nuts. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The crowd that they are drawing there. And, I mean, they show up two hours and tailgate and everything else. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, no wonder they get so excited if LSU makes it into the uh, College World Series. Can't say I blame them when they bring that uh, that amount of people to the game.
2: No, they bring a ton even when they're not there. Yeah, I guess you're right. And even more, obviously, when they make it. They'll be playing coming up this evening against Oregon State, mm-hmm. 6 o'clock. With the first pitch against the top-seeded and top-ranked Beavers from Corvallis, yeah, I watched a little bit. I don't know if I'll get into it a ton.
1: Yeah, did you, you know, see? This point. Yeah, did you see the player for Oregon State? Uh, some investigative reporting uncovered that he was a sex offender.
2: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, when it came out a week yeah. or two ago. Yeah, yeah. And it was right before Super Regionals. E- that exactly,
1: exactly. And he's a top player for them, but he is not participating, obviously, in Omaha. And not drafted.
2: Well, this is and this is something that goes back years and years yes, and years it is and now all of a sudden, when it's uncovered uh, that leads to who you know just the the shady part of college athletics mm-hmm. and how much was known beforehand
1: how did they cover it up for so long
2: did they cover it up well, or was yeah. it just something that they swept it under the rug couldn't be. not talked about, or did they even know about yeah. it yeah, you know that's that's the other thing is it leads down to the road of. How much investigation needs to be done to these college, these high school kids Mm -hmm. into their backgrounds? And it's one thing to go and talk to a coach and talk to a high school. You may have to dig a little bit deeper sometimes. Apparently. And how much is done of that? And it's different when you're talking about a football, basketball player and the notoriety that they have and those kind of things. But you get down and you get down to baseball or tennis or whatever it may be. How much investigation goes into that? Yes. do athletic departments and programs like that that don't have a whole lot of money, you have the money then to delve in deeper and to to do a background check. These are all questions that are now coming up and becoming more prevalent because of of how this case unfolded. It was something that this guy's been on campus for three years. Yeah. That's the other part.
1: And and, and apparently he's been just a a model person as well. Mm -hmm. So... That's That was a weird story. It really was that just an, that happened.
2: Incredibly disturbing story, too. It is, the details yes, on
1: it. it is that. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, just
2: absolutely sickening uh, things that were happening yep. there. So now that's, that's I guess, the world that we live in, Jimmy B, though. Unbelievable. And, uh, a lot that's going to come out of that. Well, we got Rob Doster coming up. We're going to talk some NBA draft with him. So the trade for number one.
1: Yes. Markel is, Fultz. Is done. It's done. Yeah. Like it? You like what the Sixers did here? They are, they've been a train wreck now for five years. Got to trust the process, Jimmy. Yeah, five years trusting that process. Yep. Here's the deal. If, if you have a healthy Joel Embiid, and they don't know if they're going to have that. Right. He played like 30 games last year before the foot injury took him out again. Their other top pick, the kid from LSU, Ben Simmons, didn't play at all. Didn't play a lick. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to go draft a guy who played one season for just a deplorable basketball team in Washington. Washington Huskies. And has one year of college ball, and that's all. Markel Fultz. I mean, all the workouts, everybody says he's the real deal. I get it. So if you're putting Fultz, Simmons... And Embiid out there on the floor. Uh, f- from a from a personnel standpoint, on paper, it looks sensational. And they play in the East. And they play in the East, which we all know is there's one team. Although Boston is going to try to at least make it two teams. Uh, look, they they could be sensational. And to be honest with you, I hope they are because the league's better if Philly is good. So, How do you figure? Just because people it's a, throw that out all the time. It's a major, major city, major market.
2: Football's that, better why. when Notre Dame's good. College football's better, is it? I think it's pretty dang good even when Notre Dame sucks. In fact, I think it's better. I think it's better than.
1: I'd <laughs> right. rather have Notre Dame suck.
2: Is the NBA really better if the Seventy Sixers are good? I think so because because did, we did they only... lose anything when the Sixers sucked in the nineties and MJ was out there and they're having their highest TV ratings of all time?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the thing point, Condon. The, the, the thing that I that I find interesting is that will these three young guys be on the floor at the same time for any length of time? Jimmy B and TC. It's the big talker, seventeen hundred.
0: Seventeen hundred K B G G is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC, noon to three sports talk that rocks. Seventeen hundred K B G G.
5: See you soon.
4: Thousands. Can you finish this little ad phrase? Maxwell House, good to the... Right, most people know it's good to the last
0: drop. But this message isn't about coffee. It's about how your memory works. Why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It can make a good tune or a good idea stick. Now, here's a question. Would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business, sticky? You know, memorable and powerful? Then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio, the power of sound.
4: Hi, this is Marcus Pitts. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the
5: station, 331-9200. We're glad to share them. Hi. A couple of weeks ago, my car started... Squealing? Yeah. So I want to replace my brake pads. Wow, you really know your stuff? Well, I've got a lot to do. I think I'm going to need some... uh... Coffee? Yeah.
0: At Advance Auto Parts, we have the quality parts you want... To get the job done. Okay, it's starting to feel really weird? Yeah, we- it's kind of my thing. Advance auto parts. Let's get you back on the road. Cricket has something epic for you, an adventure like no other. Starring free select 4G LTE smartphones when you switch and a $50 bill credit even if you don't need a phone. Now in a store near you, Cricket Wireless, something to smile about. Select phones are Samsung Galaxy M2, Alcatel Street, ZT, Sonata 3, LG, Fortune for free phone and bill credit. Must switch
1: number and activate service on at least $30 per month plan with activation fee up to $25.